Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Learn Fresh podcast. My name is Nick Bonzi, CEO and co-founder of Learn Fresh, and I'm joined by my co-host Calvin Seibert, our Chief Mission Officer, aka Coach Calvin, aka the Game Changer of Education. Changing the game. On this podcast, we talk about the intersection between education and community. How does the broader community provide value to the education sector, our schools, and out-of-school time programs, and what can education do to prepare students for the broader world? On today's episode, we're speaking with ESPN sports reporter Eric Woodyard, an award-winning journalist from Flint, Michigan. Eric is a graduate of Flint Southwestern Academy and Western Michigan University, where he earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in journalism and creative writing. Eric is currently ESPN's NFL Nation reporter for the Detroit Lions, while also covering basketball and boxing, and in the past has covered the NBA for ESPN and other publications. Eric has appeared on ESPN's The Jump, E60, and Outside the Lines, and was awarded first place for Best Sports Story and Best Sports Feature categories in 2012 and 2015 by the Michigan Associated Press. He is the author of two books and proud father to a son, Ethan. Uh, Eric, where do we find you today? I know you're in a little bit of a different spot. Yeah, I'm actually um, at the Detroit Lions training camp today. So uh, starting off the new week, they start hitting and pass tomorrow. Um, it's just fun, man. It's my first season, you know, transitioning from NBA to NFL. And I'm just I'm super excited, man. I'm happy here. That's awesome. That's awesome. So before we dive into some of the more in-depth questions, I'd just like to have you frame your current role at ESPN. I know you've had a little bit of transition evolution in your role over the last six months or so. Um, so what are you doing now? What does your day-to-day work look like? Uh, it's a little different. Obviously, uh, before when I first started at ESPN, I was primarily all NBA. So I had the Midwest region. I was living in Chicago, uh, mostly in Milwaukee a lot, obviously, because the Bucks was you know, the best team in that region. But I was responsible for all the Midwest teams. So Pistons, Bucks, Pacers, Bulls. Cavaliers, Pace, you know, I was all around. And uh, once the pandemic hit, you know, I got a young son, a seven-year-old. So um, they knew that Michigan would be, you know, big for me. And even though, you know, football necessarily might not be my number one sport, I think um, the opportunity to grow, you know, I thought they, you know, I think they believed in me in that sense. And uh, the fact I'm from Flint, Michigan, I've been watching the Lions my whole life. Barry Sanders, the GOAT, by the way, you know. So, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, they kind of, kind of, grew me in this role, and it's, it's a challenge that I'm accepting. That's amazing. Were you covering the Bucks all the way through the finals? Man, they took me off, man, so I'm kind of uh. bad about that. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was covering them the last two years, though. I was around Giannis all the time. I was pretty much the go-to guy for Giannis. So, um, just to see that guy win a ring, I mean, that was great, man. Like, you know, I, I saw him really work his butt off every single day, take the criticism, man. You know, even when he signed that big deal, it was so much criticism about can Giannis win? Should he sign? Should he come back? And for him to do it in a small market like Milwaukee, I mean, that ring means so much, man. He he, he ain't really got to win nothing else. No, you know, he got one. He good. Yeah. Well, Calvin and I were just talking about that, how good of a player he, is. he really, really is and how underrated or, or even disrespected he was before by a lot of people in the league. But then also, like, how good of a person he is. Yeah, he a better person, man. I'm going to give you guys an example. Um well, a couple of examples, you know, um, we were in Chicago, I believe. I brought my son down and my son's, you know, starting to get really serious in the basketball. And uh, I just brought him down to come sit down. He really likes the game. He sat down, of course, side with me, he watching. 
mind you, I just kind of really met Giannis, so I don't know him enough to, and I'm not going, this guy is super intense before a game, so I'm not going, you know, break his concentration before a game at all. But uh, he stopped once he got done and came and uh, spoke with my son, uh, introduced himself, uh, took it, he, he told me, he was like, I'm going to give you my shoes after the game. And I thought he was just talking, you know, even with that. And after the game, we were in Chicago, and he, Eric, come here. What's his name? To Ethan. Wrote him, gave him his pair of shoes right off his feet. And uh, any time that I needed him for quotes, you know, obviously it was hard to get to him because I got with him around the time of him being MVP. But uh, that was great, man. Just um, the type, that shows kind of the type of person that he was, you know, to take the time to do that. So that meant a lot to uh, my yeah. son. That's special. All right, well, we, we just spoke up another goat running around out here, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to start it off uh, a couple questions for you here. Um, can you share a little bit about where you're from? Man, born and raised, I'm a Flintstone, Flint, Michigan, all day. <laughs> I mean, I probably rep Flint harder than anybody you'll ever see. You know, I think we all like that, you know, in Flint. We all, uh, we all just love our city. We love our communities. Um, I grew up in the Fifth Ward area of Flint, so it's a pretty tough neighborhood, you know, but I had a mother who ain't play. So, you know, everybody respect my mom. She like kind of the, you know, typical uh, hood mom where she the community mom, cook for everybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I grew up at, and, you know, I'm always repping Flint every chance I get. That's what's up. Now, um, which experiences from your childhood and your early education uh, helped shape your passion for the work that you're now following? Man, it's crazy, because um, I, I always loved basketball growing up. You know, we grew up in a city where, you know, 2000, that's fresh off the Flintstones, Mateen Cleese, Mo P, Charlie Bell, you know, where they won the 2000 National Championship, and... Um, I would, you know, be looking the paper, see them in the paper or stuff like that. But I think that passion for sports probably started with them. You know, they probably birthed the love for basketball and the love for sports because it was so attainable. And they would come back and, you know, be in the pro-ams every year. This is like a pro-am league in Flint. And we could touch them, you know, see them, feel them, be around them, get advice. And I think having that as a young kid, I tell Mateen and those guys that all the time, a lot of kids didn't have it in their community. So I think that affected me because Although I didn't see journalism as my passion, I knew that I could be successful. I knew that. I saw it, you know what I mean, on a national scale. And uh, from there, man, I, I, everybody wanted to go to the league. I wasn't good enough to go to the league. So when I went to Western Michigan once I got out of high school. Um, I literally asked, what can I do to mix basketball and writing? And they told me journalism. And I kind of just went into the career just kind of off that. And I just dedicated myself with it, the same passion I have for sports. And now I'm at ESPN. Wow. <laughs> hey, I, I remember going to the rec center and just saying, "Hey, this is the closest thing to the NBA." Because oh yeah, yeah, definitely. These we had the best runs. I get I, by far. <laughs> the Gary we had center. the best rec runs. <laughs> it was it was called it was, the rec center was our everything, man. I, I wasn't in a fraternity in, in, in college, but I think um, being in the rec center was like my fraternity. We hooped every man. It was especially like Friday runs. Like we all just knew. Like pretty much all my friends from college we met from the rec center at some point. So that was my fraternity, the rec center at Western. That's what's up, man. <laughs> I, so we missed each other. I would have loved to get out there. I wish we could have man. some stories. Like, remember when you was... Uh, <laughs> I know, that would have been, been crazy. <laughs> All good, though. So uh, I, love, given, I love Western. Yeah, I love Western. Yeah. Man, for real. Hey, that's what's up. That's... Hey, I, I wasn't even supposed to go to Western. I, was, I thought I was going to go to Eastern because my sister went to Eastern. And I just switched it up. Like, hey, Western has a different program. You know, my grades in high school weren't the best, but they were good enough to 
you know, be able to go to a better college instead of, you know, a junior college or something like that. So it was like it, that door opened, and I was like, here I come. <laughs> yeah, man, I was going to go to Michigan State. Um, but then I was in – I remember I was in class. I was in high school, and it was like six of my classmates that was all going to Michigan State, and I've always been kind of different. I'm like, I want to go somewhere else, man. I feel like I'm going to be around the same people in Westerns two hours from Flint. So I'm like – you know, I feel like that's close enough to home, but far enough where people are not going to just pop up. And I, you know, I could be around a different set of people. I can meet all different races. You know, I can learn different things about myself. And even at 17, I think that was the best best decision I made, you know, leaving Flint to go to Western. So uh, give, given the fact that many kids and, and young adults dream about a career in sports, like we all do, uh, when did you realize that your current career path was actually realistic and accessible? Man, once I started writing for the Slam Magazine, when I was at Western, um, you know, I started for the Western Herald, the newspaper. Um, I started there, you know, just getting my little five, ten dollar articles that we were getting, getting my experience, seeing my name in, you know, the paper was just like crazy to me. But um, I was, it was one night, I, I think I was home for like a Christmas break, and I used to always read the Slam Magazine over and over. And uh, sorry, y'all, I'm in the middle of training camp, as I told y'all. But um, yeah, I'm reading the uh, magazine, and um, I just saw the editor's information in there, and I just took a shot in the dark, emailed him, he responded, and that was kind of like the beginning of the digital era. So they wasn't paying people to be in the magazine; they was paying people to like, you know, come into the um, come into the games. Like if I'm, I was in Michigan, so a local market like Detroit, go in there and write something called game notes, where you're not like writing about the play-by-play of a game. You kind of like taking stuff behind the scenes, like kind of painting a picture of the game. So I would, I would drive all the way. I had a 97 Cavalier, man. I was driving all the way from Kalamazoo, all the way to Auburn Hills was like over two hours, you know, after class and uh, getting those those experiences, those reps. And I just saw from there, I was able to interview people like Kobe, Iverson, you know what I mean, Ray Allen. And I was in college able to get those type of experience. So I would go from arguing in the, arguing in the cafeteria, you know what I'm saying, to really being in the locker room with these guys as a teenager. So. That's when I thought, like, yeah, I could really do this, you know, and I'm being around other veteran reporters and I'm able to see them answer my question in a way that they probably wouldn't answer somebody else because I was young and I'm a young black dude, you know, so I think that helped me out, helped me out a lot. Now, man, you didn't just drop Kobe on us like that right quick. <laughs> that Kobe interview, man, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy, <laughs> man, but, yeah, they, you know, Kobe, I, I've been there. Big Kobe fan my whole life, you know, almost. Because 96, I was, what, eight years old? We came in the league, so pretty much grown with the dude. But, yeah, man, I mean, you know, seeing him the first time. Honestly, I, I, didn't, I only ever been starstruck once. It wasn't Kobe, though. It was AI. So by the time Kobe rolled around, I was a little, you know, I was a little straight. But when AI was, you know, the first time I seen him, man, I, was, I called my mom and I had to step out of the locker room. <laughs> All professionalism I had was gone at that point. <laughs> you know, I think those experiences, like you say that, once I know I could do it as a teenager in college, you know what I'm saying, I, I can do this. And I, I knew I had the confidence to do it. Wow, that's deep. So I had to kind of like the flip of that. Like, I, I've seen Allen Iverson kind of around, you know, a few places and whatnot. Um, I didn't get in that. Detroit, but in the D? Yeah. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was out in the D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was the first dude to wear the Kobe shoes. Those, those Adidas. I had them too. Uh, the man at with the, the boots. Yeah, they used to talk trash about me, yeah. man. I used to, I used to shoot on them like out of these yeah. Kobe's, man. Stop playing. And they I used had to them too. Say, 
they always said, man, those are some ugly shoes, man. Why you wearing right. those? I'm like, it's Kobe shoes, bro. You don't even. That's understand. how I was. <laughs> man, I had it. Look, I wore a size six in middle school. I wanted them so bad. It was the Kobe, the the, the Kobe ones. They was like metal. They was the playoff edition. Yeah. And uh, I got them in the eight and put uh, my goddad. He put uh, he bought them for me and we. They were so big, I had to leave. You know how they, the little paper in the shoe? I had to leave that in the shoe to be able to fit them. So, man, that was crazy. That's how Best big of a Kobe fan I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah. Best story ever for the shoes, man. Yeah, that was crazy. You got to do That's it. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pass this one uh, behind the back to, to uh, Nick over here. To, he got some more questions for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, thinking about your education, Eric, and in your experience at Western or other parts of your early life, what are some things as it relates to your career as a sports writer that your education successfully prepared you for? And then what are some of the things that you've just had to learn on the job? Man, most of it you have to learn on the job. You know, obviously the writing part, obviously, you know, um, but I'm still not just like a, I can't really break down. Like I could never teach a writing class. You know what I mean? That's just like, I just don't, I can't do it. You know, I just know it. You know, it's kind of crazy, but um, a lot of the things I had to learn on the job is just like how to interview people, how to fill a room, you know, how to, you know, just understanding people. I think if you understand people, you could be good at our job because as a journalist, you got to be able to understand, okay, I want to get this question, but I can't ask it right now. I got to kind of know when to, you know, when to turn it on, when to turn it off, when this person want to be in, being, being uh, bothered, when he feels like being bothered or, you know, just all those small things that just understanding people. I think um, you can't really learn that in the class. You know, I think that, that takes experience. So for me, the biggest thing that helped me was, though, writing. And I had some really great teachers, man. Shout out to Sue Ellen Christian at Western Michigan. She was a great professor. I still talk to her to this day. Um, she put me in a lot of great positions to help me not only in the class, but outside of the class. And, yeah, I think those are the biggest things. Like a just like like me and Calvin were saying, just being in the wreck, being around people, seeing people who. And understanding, like, as a baller, like, do I want to hear somebody ask me this? Or, you know, just understanding people, I think once you just, like, once you get it, you get it. And it's like yeah. you have to get that experience. It's hard for me to explain to somebody. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people say that about their college experience versus their actual career, too. Like, are there things, are, if you could add anything to your college learning experience to help better prepare you for your career now, what would that be? I would say uh, I would have probably liked to take a sports journalism class. We didn't we didn't have an opportunity to do that. You know, we just had like regular journalism classes. So that would have been fun. Maybe to get to cover an actual game for class. That would have been cool. Yeah. But other than that, I really love my experience. I feel like they did prepare us. It was big enough, but not big enough to where I got, you know, individual instruction. And I think that was real helpful. Right. That's awesome. So you mentioned Sue Ellen. Are there other specific mentors who helped guide your development? And if so, how did you go about like seeking their mentorship and what did they provide for you? Man, it's been so many. I'm going to say number one, shout out to the NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists. You know, when I when I went there, that changed the game for me. You know, that was huge. Uh, uh, for Mark Spears, he's been great. Tim McMahon at ESPN. Um, I lean on a lot of people. Um, Rob Parker. Rob Parker has been a really big mentor to me. Uh, helped me a lot along the way. He's been a mentor to a lot of other people. Vinny Goodwill he used to cover the Detroit Pistons. Uh, worked for um, Vinny's at I think Yahoo Sports now. Um, a lot of people I look up to, man. Chris Haynes, he on the NBA side. You know, Adrian Wojnarowski, he's been great to me. 
um, I can go on and on with reporters and just um, guys who've, who've looked, up, looked out for me. A lot of my peers as well, just learning from them and seeing them as well. So I think, uh, man, number one, NABJ, though, that's, that's been huge. And, uh, it was a local guy, Ryan Slocum. I don't know if I mentioned him, but he used to work at ABC 12 in Flint. And uh, it's just everybody, Patrick Hayes, he works at Flint side, used to work at the Flint Journal. I can just go on and on with people, man, that's helped me, mentors. And I try to try to be the same, you know, when young guys come and meet that's serious about the, uh, about the field. Yeah, that's amazing. And what do you look for in mentorship? Like what value do you get personally out of those interactions? Man, I think somebody who really care about you, you know, as a, as a human being, as a person. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people just don't care, man. I mean, they just, they really don't. You can tell they don't care. You know, you can be around them and ask a question and you can tell they're not really into it. And uh, then you get to the level that you're at, then, okay, now they want to, nah, it's not like that. You know, you got to you gotta show love for when the guys are coming up, you know, that really want the advice. And some of them are not serious, some of them are, but all you can do is give your advice. And, you know, once they show you they're serious, I guess, you know, um, you can take it to the next level. Yeah, and you've turned that into that, that passion for helping others into work in your community too. So I know that you've like set up some scholarship stuff in Flint. I know you're a, you're a dad now too. Like what are some of the things that you're thinking about in terms of taking the experiences that you're having and giving back to your community? I'm actually talking right now. I'm trying to start um, helping with a sports journalism class for kids. Uh, you know, some I'm still in the works of doing. That's something I really want to do. Um, I started like a little movement called Flint Made Me. You know, that's where I, that's how I did my first uh, scholarship and uh, documentary. But I want to bring that back out at some point. I'm just getting settled into my new role now. So, you know, uh, once I get settled in, I'm going to do a little more. But I always get back. I'm always back speaking in Flint, always talking to kids. Like y'all said, my son, he who he played. He's at the Broom Center, Sylvester um, Broom Empowerment Village in Flint. And uh, it's in the inner city. So I'm always there helping, you know, communicating with kids, talking giving advice so I'm always I'm always accessible and around but I want to kind of do it in a more organized manner at some point but I got to get my foot wet I got to get my feet wet at this you know first with this new job so yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome I love that that's such a big part of your your like life mission and you've even hung out with us a little bit and hung out with some of our Matthews kids last year which was awesome so we deeply appreciate that so looking ahead to your future in sports journalism what goals do you have for yourself as your career progresses what do you hope to accomplish personally as as things evolve man i'm 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 blessed to be in a position i'm in i never would in a million years if you asked me that i'll be working for espn that i'll be a sports journalist i mean i just didn't see it you know what i mean so like not to sound crazy but everything else is kind of extra credit man I'm, i made it out the hood i'm at espn you know what i mean now it's just time to continue to sharpen my skills you know, I'm looking at this as a big challenge, covering the Lions. You know what I mean? I never did football before, but I'm with the hometown team now. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm looking at it from a whole, total different perspective, trying to bring a new swag, a new approach, and just have fun. I think as long as I'm having fun, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not going to put a ceiling on myself. I love that. That's how we live here at Learn Fresh. <laughs> All right. My, uh, my last question for you here is, um, what is the most memorable moment from your career to date? Oh man, my memorable, most memorable moment. It's been a few of them. Uh, number one was probably uh, when I went out to Utah because I, I went to cover the Utah Jazz. So my first game was Kyle Kuzma's uh, coming back to Utah. We both from Flint. I covered him in high school. 
<coughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, but, um, you know, just being able to see him, you know, make it to the league and, you know, it being my first game as well, that was great. Seeing Clarissa Shields win gold, you know, at the Olympics. You know, she was somebody I covered from being a young teenager. That was fun. And uh, when I got a chance to bring my family from Flint to a game um, at the and when see the Pistons and the Jazz, that was great a couple years ago. So those, I'll probably show those, those are my favorite moments. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I uh, appreciate you joining us today and sharing a little bit about your experience and, and your education and, and where you are today in your career. So uh, I know that you're an inspiration to us and you're going to be an inspiration to so many kids as your, as your career continues to evolve. So thank you so much for sharing uh, and we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Appreciate y'all, man. The Learn Fresh podcast is produced by myself, Calvin Seibert, Nick Monzi, and Sumner Becker with additional production assistance from Caitlin Patterson. Sumner Becker also does our engineering, editing, and music. The Learn Fresh podcast is part of the Side Audio Network, an audio community founded by Jeremiah Ote and Naranjan Kumar. The Side Audio Network hosts podcasts that aim to transfer trust between people and communities through storytelling and conversation.